According to Build Fire and Google, there are currently approximately 2.87 million apps available for download in the Google Play Store. Google also reports that 21% of millennials open a mobile app 50 times per day, and 49% of people open an app 11 plus times a day, and 70% of all U.S. digital media time comes from a mobile app. Daniel Hafner is all about mobile apps. He's the founder of Dapper Mobile Apps and the host of the Mobile Domination Podcast. He built his company without having knowledge of how to write a single line of code. However, he did eventually figure it out. And now, he works with high-level coaches, content creators, and entrepreneurs to put their idea into a tangible, sleek, and scalable app model. He joined me this week to have a discussion about the increased use of mobile apps, how we can build and use them effectively, and his own journey in the space. I'm Kevin McShan. Let's have this conversation. Yes, thank you. I'm super excited. It's great to meet you, and I'm excited to be on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Daniel, tell me, you started your uh, mobile app company with zero experience, but you sort of learned your way through the world. So tell me about building your uh, company from scratch with no experience and how, how that went for you, buddy. Yeah. Um, well, if I sat here and told you it was the easiest thing I ever did, I'd be lying to you. Um, <clears throat> but um, so I, my wife, she is in the medical field. So she travels a lot. We've moved a lot over the years. Um, so as you can imagine, when we stay in a place for two or three years, it gets kind of hard to hold down a job, right? Um, so I finally figured out like, hey, I need to either uh, get some kind of remote job or do something on my own, right? Um, had a bunch of different entrepreneurial ideas, kind of got this app idea out of the middle of nowhere, um, but thought to myself, hmm, um, I don't know how to code. I don't know anything about apps. I didn't go to school for this, didn't know anything about this at all. Um, started reaching out to different people to help me do it and found out it was really, really expensive to have someone do these things for you. Um, so one thing led to another. Uh, thank, the, thank the world for the internet and Google and found all kinds of different solutions out there for ways to build apps without coding or knowing very little coding. 
Um, one thing led to another. I gave it a try. And uh, the next thing I know, I had something live and launched and was getting downloads, getting sales and realized that I had built a skill for myself in the process of this and decided to be like, you know what? I could just do this for other people. So that's really the the short story of, of how it all got started. Yeah, you piqued my interest, so I'll ask you a quick follow-up. Follow I'm wondering your thoughts on anyone who might be watching or listening to this on the importance of being nimble and sort of open to new ideas. How important do you think that is for like business success and success as an entrepreneur? I mean, it's it's critical. If you're not if you're not growing, you're dying, right? I mean, when you if you're always dependent on one stream of income for your life, like such as having a job, you know, if that job gets taken away, um, you're kind of up a creek, right? Um, the same is true in business. If you have one method of marketing that you rely on with all of your uh, heart and soul and all of your marketing dollars and everything, if that changes, if that dries up, um, you're kind of you know, up a creek as well. The other thing is a lot of people depend on these platforms like YouTube, like social, or I'm sorry, Facebook, TikTok, these types of platforms. And there are things, I don't know if you've ever heard of Russell Brunson, but um, they call them these uh, platform slaps where Google changes an algorithm or Facebook just changed all the algorithms, which has screwed up everyone's, you know, tracking and ads and stuff like that. So the importance of being nimble and flexible um, in your sales and in your marketing uh, aspect, you know, in your in your pursuits of that is critical because the world is changing. The world is changing really, really fast. You don't have control over all of these things that are out there. So it's very, very important that you have your own stuff, that you have your own strategy, that you have backup strategies uh, that you control, that you can't get uh, kicked off of and that you absolutely can dictate what happens there. Yeah, absolutely. And now you're taking what you've learned in building apps and you work with high-level coaches and content creators and entrepreneurs, as we understand, to put their ideas into a tangible and, and sleek and scalable app model. So tell me all about working with other people to Realize sort of their business and technology dream. I'm curious. Yeah, it is. It's a journey. Uh, that's part of the fun of it. You know, um, I get people pitching me every day on different app ideas and different, uh, you know, type of type of ideas out there. And you know, they, there's a there's a the saying is real. There's an app for that because there's millions, if not billions, of apps out there in the world, right? Um, and not every idea is a good idea. Not everything should be an app, right? So working with people often starts with kind of pumping the brakes and be like, okay, well, let's 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 talk about your idea first. Like, first of all, is this is this a valid idea? Is are you dreaming too big? Are you trying to create the next Angry Birds or the next TikTok? Because that might not be um, the I might not be the guy for you to do that. There's other different agencies. There's other people out there who are a lot more skilled in that and a lot more uh, resource heavy for those types of things. Um, but the people I work with, small businesses, high-level coaches and experts, they have a lot of experience. They have a passion for what they do, right? And to really kind of figure out exactly what they're doing, how to bottle that all into one place inside of their app with their content, with their programs, 
with um, you know any kind of audio files or video files they have, all that kind of stuff um, is really about 90% of the job um, <laughs> in figuring that out in a logical way um, and really you know, kind of reining people in a little bit that get, hey, I want to do this and this and this and that and the other thing and be like, okay, like, hold on, like, let's, does that even need to be done? Does that even, do people even want that, right? Because a lot of times we build things into apps and people, we find that people don't even use it. People don't even resonate with it, but we spent all this time building this thing out, right? So we actually kind of work in an iterative process where we're like, okay, let's start with this. And then we'll add on this and then we'll add on that. Um, so kind of just like the whole, the handholding process is a lot, a lot more how I help people um, because I went through that process too, where when you start this project, um, it's, an, it's, an, it's involved. Like it's, it can be like drinking from a fire hose or you can just, your brain can go crazy with, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I want to do this and I want to do that. And then you don't do anything because you get overwhelmed. Right. So I kind of help them. I always ask people, Hey, have you ever eaten an elephant? And they go, no. And I say, well, if you ever do, how do you? How would you eat it? One bite at a time, right? You can't, you can't do it all at once. You got to do one thing, one bite at a time. Um, so, so yeah, I hope that helps. Yeah, it, it's important to define your focus, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> and, and I, I'm wonder, wondering how you came up with the name Adapt Mobile Apps, but it's an interesting. Yeah, uh, to be honest, um, the name just kind of came from um, at the time I was working in a sales job and uh, I always came in and I tried to, you know, be the, the regular sales kind of guy. And I, I dressed up in a you know, nice coat and, and a tie most days. Um, and some of the guys started calling me Dapper Dan. Um, so that's literally how um, when I started this whole thing it just was like it was it was dapper dan dapper mobile apps dapper, that's kind of how it uh there's really no nothing else uh you know fun or fun or cool about how it how it got the name um but yeah i mean as far as the growth that was we were talking before we started recording here um it's been crazy lately i mean the uh the pandemic really kicked things into high gear i really started kind of right before the pandemic uh, officially i've been doing it as a as a hobby for a long time and just kind of started officially right around the, uh, the end of 2019, 2020, right when COVID was hitting. Um, and I mean, especially over the past six months, things have just really, really ramped up for us. We've been taking on a whole bunch of different new projects, um, kind of, excuse me, expanding our, our capabilities, our team, just kind of, you know, adding on different pieces to our software platform, um, kind of taking on a little bit more of a coaching role and a marketing role where, you know, we have, we had a lot of people when we first started, we would build their app and we would do their thing. And that's all we were, we were just development. So then they would go off and they would have this really cool app that they could do all these things with, but they wouldn't have success. They, they didn't know how to market it. They didn't know how to actually use it to grow their business. Right. So that's where I shifted and I said, Hey, we need to help people on the back end of this. So we're going to build you this awesome thing, but now we're going to go help you market it. We're going to help you go on podcasts just like I am and, and market your app. We're going to help you organically grow it, you know, put it out on social media and actually do things with the people who come into your app and engage with them and sell to them and give them more content 
and all that stuff. So that's kind of how the, the progression of this has gone. It's gone from more of just a, a freelancing gig to an actual development business to a really one-stop shop for everything to do with your app. And it's pretty cool to be your own boss, isn't it? It is. It, it's something uh, I don't know if I can ever go back. <laughs> uh, well, you know, any successful entrepreneur would probably agree with you, right? Exactly. And I, I wonder again, your thoughts on how you think uh, the expansion of apps will make our lives easier moving forward and the role will play in sort of uh, making our lives more efficient. That's a great question. That's a really great question. So, I mean, back when I was uh, kind of diving into this, I had kind of dove down the the path of Russell Brunson and the direct marketing um, type of world where they, they all talk about funnels and how funnels can change your life. And there's all these different things you can do with funnels, right? Um, when I first started down this path of finding out how apps work and how the psychology behind it, the, the structure behind it, started to see how it can really just be this, this vehicle that is, it's like a jet plane. It's like trying to go across the country, you know, with, with a car instead of just getting on a seven, uh, Boeing 747, right? But inside of, inside of our lives particularly, right? Like, um, I think the latest st statistic I found, it was almost a 60-40 split now. People people use their phones more than they use their laptops, right? We are browsing more than ever before on our mobile phones. We're using our phones. The average person, I think, uses their phone for anywhere between four to five hours per day, per day. And about 80% of that time is spent inside of an app, inside of some form of app on your phone, whether it's Facebook. Um, there's actually, they actually say inside of that 80% of the time that's spent inside of your apps, um, about five of those apps take up almost all of that time. So we all have our favorites. We all have the ones that we really gravitate to, even though if you're someone like me, I have about 200 apps on my phone because um, I'm obsessed with them and I like to study them and I like to learn them. Um, but I mean, it, it, gives you, it gives you accessibility. It gives you flexibility. It gives you, um, a, a, you can reach anyone at a moment's notice. Like how many people um, rely on emails for, for a lot of their communication and a lot of their um, information, right? I see a lot of people who have 50,000 unread emails on their phone. But when an alert can come up, when communication can happen at the tip of your fingers, that changes the game, right? It's just like text messaging. It's just, it's, it's really a, a game where you can actually reach people in a much faster and efficient way as a business. And then as a consumer, you can get updates, you can engage with people, you can go into a more in-depth relationship with people through this rather than just being perusing their website or being on their newsletter list or anything like that. You actually get to be in their world, engaging with them um, in a much deeper way. Yeah, and Jesse, you said something that uh, uh, people are interested in in terms of using apps to sort of level the playing field for inclusion. You know, Daniel, uh, I was uh, born with a cerebral palsy and I worked with a lot of businesses to help uh, individuals with disabilities get employment. And one of the things that I think is that technology is 
a real game changer when it comes to uh, helping people with disabilities secure and maintain employment. So tell me your definition of inclusion, diversity, and equity in business. What do you think that looks like for you, buddy? Wow, that's a very good question. I was not prepared for that one. Um, no, that's that's a really, I mean, first of all, kudos to what you do. That's really, really awesome. Um, I agree with you. I think technology does level the playing field. It really, it really gives us, um, oh man, it, it really gives so many people. I mean, when you think about, you know, offline technology, when you think about when the first handicapped ramp, right, was built to uh, come into a building instead of just stairs forever. It was always just stairs. All of a sudden now you have a ramp where someone in a wheelchair can access a building, right? That's almost what these types of um, pieces, you know, these platforms and these software out there where you can build apps using the no code, right? Like if, if your app, if you using the analogy, if your app is the house, right? The stairs to get there were either paying a ton of money or, uh, learning how to do a coding language, learning how to build an app, right? The the handicap ramp now is is using these no code and these low code technologies, so everyone can be included in this game. Everyone who has an idea can truly have a crack at building a seven figure app or a seven figure business. There's there was one guy I was looking at the other day. He used um, he didn't use our software, but he used a similar software to build a seven figure business. It's basically the Airbnb of boats, right? The Airbnb of boats. You can go out, you can, wherever you are, you can rent a boat from someone. You can, you can take a look at, at all this stuff. So, um, I mean, to me, that, in, that inclusion um, really gives, it gives anyone a chance. It's not just for the big corporations who have billions and billions of dollars that can dump into this. Like you can start anything with the right business model, the right technology and the right drive and, and the right opportunity at the right time to actually build an online empire. Like you really, really can. It's been done. You know, we, we're doing it, with, we're helping a lot of people do this as well. Um, it's, it's, it's such an exciting time. It really, really is. Yeah, absolutely. And tell me, I know that you host the Mobile Domination Podcast, Daniel. So tell me all, all about it and how people can uh, listen. Listen to it if they're so inclined to do so. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so the Mobile Domination Podcast, uh, I'll be straight with you, Kevin, is is a little bit of a newer show. Um, I actually uh, renamed it recently. Um, so I'm pretty excited. I have some new episodes coming out with this. We're changing the topic, the focus of it. it used to be um, called the Run Your Day Podcast. That's what I had. And when I started back in, like, I think it was 2018, um, it was a lot more personal development. It was motivational. It was business type of stuff. And we're going through a rebranding with the show to really focus on this kind of stuff, on the technology piece, on, um, you know, all these conversations that we're having today, just in a more in-depth way. So, so, yeah, you can still check it out on Spotify. You can get it on Apple. Uh, Stitcher, you know, iHeartRadio, all those places. Uh, it's called the Mobile Domination Podcast. Um, and you can even check it out inside of our Mobile Domination app that we just launched as well. You've got an app for that, huh? We've got an app for that, right? Like what did I say earlier? There's an app for that. <laughs> yeah. 
That's a good question. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of um, coding schools for kids these days, right, where they can learn. I think a lot of it's being included. I really wish in schools I would have learned any kind of programming technology or anything like that back when I was growing up. Um, but I think I think if we if we really want to get more people and more kids involved in this or younger people, at least, um, I think. I think you nailed it. You, you need to have education, not only inside of, okay, how do you actually build this thing? How do you implement this thing? But also, how do you make sure, like, how do you apply it to a business sense? Like anyone, that's that's the thing. That, that That's why uh, so many apps fail. There's millions and millions of, of apps out there that people launch because they just, they want to just build this idea that they have. Right. But that doesn't mean that anyone wants it or that it has a business plan behind it or it has a marketing strategy behind it. Right. So if you can be educated, not only inside of, hey, here's this cool thing and here's how we can build it. Or you can even partner with someone in that in that regard. But hey, here's how we're actually going to market this thing. Here's how we can actually make money. And here's the real problem that it's solving for people. Like, obviously, you have games who are like, that's a different category in itself, because games, I mean, they solve a problem and it's called boredom um, <laughs> or entertainment. Um, but I'm talking about more like, you know, to do apps and pro productivity apps and and other things like that out there. There are um, like, what problem are you solving? Who are you actually targeting? Right. So teaching people that there there really can be an entire business built inside of this one thing so not only teaching the programming aspect of it and how to build it but the business strategy and the marketing behind it as well yeah and to that point you mentioned earlier that not all app ideas are good app ideas so tell me how do you think uh building on what you just told me how do you think we can get people to really narrow their focus and really develop That's interesting. So a lot of it, um, there's really two different ways that I that I see it as well. So the first way is kind of building an improvement on something that already exists, right? This is actually how I built my very first app. I was, I was engaged at the time. Um, my wife and I ended up being engaged for like two years because we were moving and it just kind of the way it worked out. We, we, we could, could, couldn't get married when we wanted to. So long story short, I had gained about 25 pounds. I had gained a lot of weight. I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm going to fit in my tux. So I was using a weight loss app and a, and a habit building app, right? And as I was using it, I saw, I was like, you know, this is really great, but I think it could be better. I, what if it did this? What if it did that? And that led me to my, my launching my very first app because what I did was I took that idea and that concept and built my own version of it. I built a different, <clears throat> excuse me, I built a, an improvement product, right? 
So that's that's one way to go. And obviously, it's not the most original way because, you know, you have all like I used to build all kinds of different running apps. Right. So you have apps like Strava and Runkeeper and Garmin and Nike, and they're all kind of doing the same thing. They're just different. Right. Then you have the original idea. Like you have the, you literally have like something that you come up with. And a lot of times this this comes from inspiration. This comes from really just being in a market and being and, and getting gathering marketing data and knowing your audience and seeing a large problem that a large number of people have and finding a solution that fits all of them. Right. Like recently we were working with a lady who she works in. Um, like basically, so I, I can't really talk about it cause I'm under NDA, but like she works in this bigger niche. Right. And when she came to me with this app idea, I was like, okay, I, I kind of know what she's going to pitch me on, but what she, but she surprised me because she actually brought up an idea of something that is actually kind of over here in, in like a sub niche of that or a different way, because she saw all these people that she's worked with having this problem over here. Right. And that is really how she came up with this idea that could be like the next big thing. Right. So to answer your question, yeah, it's either the improvement product on something that already exists or the original idea, which is kind of, you know, finding that big outlying problem and figuring out a solution to it to, you know, to help everyone out. Yeah. And just building on that, when we talk about original ideas, because I imagine. You have a lot of people who come to you and say, I have the greatest idea for a new original app. And then you look at them and say, well, that's great, but it's really not transferable to what you need it to be transferable to. So how do you really decipher what makes a great original app? Mm. That's a good question. So a lot of times when that happens, um, what we do offer is kind of an uh, basically an MVP. So a good way to start with this before you before you like come to me and you're like, Dan, I got the next Facebook idea. It's going to be a billion dollar idea. It's going to be awesome. I'm like, OK, great. So what do you have? What have you started? Right. Um, so a lot of times what we'll do is actually offer to build an MVP, a minimal viable product. And what that is, is something that is functional, it's clickable, it proves the concept, right? Because that's often a really good way to go out and validate your idea before you dump all kinds of money into it. Because let's be honest, if you want to build something like the next Instagram or the next Twitter, um, that's, that's going to be an expensive project. You know what I mean? So you know, what we, what we often encourage is, okay, let's, let's figure out like, what are the minimum things that would need to happen for this to be able to work? And then we'll go build it. Um, now, as far as vetting an original idea and, and having something be like, okay, this is an idea. If somebody comes to me and one of the, uh, and they, they talk about an idea, they pitch an idea. One of the first questions I actually ask is, Okay, are there any other apps out there like this? Right? Because what that does, often about 99% of the time, they're like, I don't know. They haven't done their research. They haven't even looked up if there is anything else out there like that. You know, if they actually dug a little, if they researched, if they went, pulled up their phone and went on the app store, they might search for the little thing that they're looking for. 
And then a whole list of 50 other cool like calculator apps comes up and they're like, oh, this is already existing. Right. So that's actually one of the very first things that I do is I have people like, hey, is, is there something like this that exists? Or I search our, our brain or, you know, my brain, my database, my research, and I do research on my own. And sometimes we find that there's really nothing like that. Or maybe there is a combination of things like the guy I mentioned earlier, right? There's, there's a market out there that needs a concept like Airbnb brought to it. Or there's an idea out there that needs a DoorDash or an Uber type of thing brought to it, right? Um, so that's obvious. That's sometimes what can create an original idea is taking two ex like an existing concept of an app idea and putting it into a new niche or a new problem. Yeah, and Dan, I'm curious to ask you: uh, Do you have an idea client that you like to work with? I know obviously yeah i love uh, i love people who are in the coaching space or in the expert space um if you've been in that space for you know 10 plus years maybe five plus years um but you just have a lot of content you have programs you have clients you have community um that really serves an app very, very well. That's really our ideal client. Um, and then secondly, like you said, there, you know, I, I try to help everyone. At least if I if we can't help you, we point you in the right direction. Um, but the other the other thing that we really like to work with is startup ideas. Is people who have um, some kind of idea or original idea. They haven't really got it off the ground yet. They've been searching for uh, maybe a technical partner or a consultant to come in at the very early stages and at least help guide them to vet the idea, to make sure that it works, and maybe even build something like an MVP, a minimal viable product, um, to, to actually get that project up and running. And Dad, you mentioned earlier about how you had to sort of start this business journey because of your life moving uh, all, all over from work. So I, I wonder again, I could talk about this all day. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been really, really liberating. Um, I again, I I would say I never I never want to go back. You know, I mean, I can right now. I'm, I'm talking to you from my home office down here, uh, where I've I've made my home office here. We've had offices where we used to live, um, and you know, at times if I want my my wife, she works 24 hour calls sometimes, being in the medical field. Um, so there's nights where I have to eat dinner alone or I'll go out to uh, a Panera bread or, or a coffee shop or something like that. And I'll just work from there. Um, you know, I can really dictate the hour. Well, I, well, I used to be able to dictate the hours I could work. Now I'm, I'm working a lot more because <laughs> we have so many, we have so many projects going on. Um, but it is, I mean, I can, I can work, you know, from, uh, I, yeah, last summer, and I'm looking forward to this summer. We have a pool at our house for the first time. I can work out there by the pool. Um, you know, I, it, we have we don't have any kids yet, but we have three dogs, uh, which are uh, sometimes more needy than kids. I feel like they're just little whiners. Uh, but I can take them for a walk while I talk on the phone, while I'm on a Zoom meeting, while I'm brainstorming things. 
Um, I mean, it really does lead to um, a, a level of personal freedom that is that is really, really awesome. And then I've also learned um, that there comes a lot of responsibility with that about, you know, being a self-starter, being uh, not falling victim to the, the, the freedom that is allowed in my life. So, you know, being like, hey, you know, I need to start every day at this time and I end every day at this time and put that down when my wife's home so I can spend time with her. Um, so there's, there's a big, there's a, there was a big change I had to make in myself because when you, when you work for yourself, you don't always have to be like, if, if you have a job, Hey, you got to be here at eight o'clock or you're, you know, you're not gonna have a job anymore. If I don't show up right at eight o'clock, like I'm not going to fire myself. You know what I mean? So it, but it's, it's being very, it's, it's discipline. It's, it's being very responsible and disciplined to, to make sure that I do that. And I owe that to my clients and I owe that to myself and to my wife and everything. So, um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a really fun and I love that no, no days, no two days are the same. You know, you never really know what's coming and you just kind of take every day as it comes and, and you just, uh, you just go, you just go and you do things and you make it happen. All right. It's the special flies, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, and, it is. And Dad, how do you think you become a, a self-motivated star? Like, how, how, in your view, uh, can people really become motivated to become a self-star? Because it's, the, it's not for everyone, right? So what, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, um, I struggled with this for a long time. Um, and I, I'll be honest, I still struggle with it sometimes, even being in business as long for myself as long as I have. Um, what helps me is having a plan. I mean, really having a plan. Um, I, I, I try every night to set up my, my to-do list or my hit list, I call it, um, the night before, where I only have three, maybe four very important things that I need to do. Um, if I don't do it the night before I do it the morning of, right. That's like the first thing I get up, I walk my dog, I come home, I make my do my to-do list. Right. Um, because that's one thing I've really discovered for myself, at least is if I don't, if I don't have a plan, if I don't, I still have the kind of the structure mentality of, I need to get this done. Um, there's a lot of people that can be very creative and very visionary and they get lost in the in the the art of things and they lose track of time they do all this stuff but for me i'm very structured and i say if i if, if i need I, I need to build my plan and i need to work my plan and really that keeps me motivated i think you know obviously you can look up motivational videos you can talk about having a why and doing all that too which i won't really speak to but for me it's just having a plan and it's making sure that you you build a plan you execute a plan every single day and that really in itself has, has paid off huge dividends for me. And Deb, my final question for you, buddy, is when you look at your life, both personally and professionally, how do you think you want your uh, legacy to be defined? My legacy, you said? Yeah, how do you want that to be defined? Okay, gotcha. Oh, man. Um, you know, one of the missions of, of this business and why I started this was to to impact as many people as possible through my clients, right? So if I go and build something, um, obviously I could build something that serves the world, right? But what I want to do is help change the lives of my clients. And I want them to be able to impact people all over the world as well. Um, I want them to be able to provide solutions and tools to people that really help them. 
that really help them grow, that help them succeed, that help them make more money, that help them have a better life, a better marriage, better whatever. Um, and, and that's really what I foresee uh, my legacy being. The more people I work with, um, you know, the more th some people come to me and they have tremendous, tremendous ideas and, and potential there, but they don't know how to implement it. They don't know what to do. And, and, you know, for, for my legacy, I just, I, I would really, I would love to be just remembered as, you know, someone who helped them when they needed it most and was able to really guide them in the right direction to make their idea a reality and a success. Absolutely. And Dan follow up. And if people want to get connected with your brother, what's the best way they can do that? Absolutely. You can go to Dapper Mobile Apps.com. Uh, it's D-A-P-P-E-R. Uh, Dapper Mobile Apps.com is our website. And then, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you can download the Mobile Domination app. It is on the Apple App Store and Google Play. Just search Mobile Domination. Uh, we have live shows in there. We have on-demand content. We have all kinds of cool things inside of there, and you can get in touch with us through the app as well. Um, so those are the main places I would point you to. Fantastic. Well, uh, Daniel, I really enjoyed our time together this morning, and I really want to thank you for your work in, in technology and trying to make our business and societal life a little bit easier. Your work in the space party and it was a pleasure, Kevin. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, I really, really appreciate it.